This episode will contain explicit language, along with spoilers for the film A Good Day to Die Hard, released in 2013, directed by John Moore. Welcome to a new episode of Franchises and Filmogs. We are in episode 56, season 5. It is the season finale, where we've been talking about the Die Hard franchise. This should be fun. Um, this movie is definitely the worst in the franchise, so we're going to get into that. I am recording in a different room than I usually record in, so things might sound a little different. I think the acoustics in here might actually be better than where I usually record, so we'll see how this goes. Also on a different internet than usual, but this internet is also probably better than my internet, so... We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to go well, aside from the subject matter. Today we're going to talk about A Good Day to Die Hard, the 2013 follow-up to Live Free or Die Hard, which we talked about on the last episode. That came out on Tuesday. Today, I believe, is Thursday if this is coming out on time. This film is rated R. The last film in the franchise was PG-13, so we went back to an R rating. I believe all three of the first films are PG or are rated R, uh, but I'll have to look back into that. I'm pretty sure they would have to be rated R unless things were eased up back then. Today, any of those films would be rated R, uh, and the fourth film, Live Free or Die Hard, would be rated PG-13 still. This film was directed by John Moore, who is a newcomer to the franchise. And let me tell you, I don't think he does a great job. So we'll talk about that. He had an estimated budget, according to IMDb, of $92 million. And it somehow grossed worldwide $304.6 million. So although I think this movie sucks, it made a lot of money somehow. I don't know how. Maybe because of people like me who paid to watch this movie. I paid to rent it. I paid a solid $4.30, I think, just to rent this film. And I have some regrets. It is the shortest Die Hard film in the franchise. However, I think I watched the extended cut. I don't know what's extended about it. And it still feels like this movie did not need to be made at all. Uh, Let's do some facts before we get into talking more detail about the film itself. Some facts about this film. It was the first script specifically written for the franchise. So all the previous scripts in this franchise were not written to be diehard movies, or they were taken from other scripts, or um, I think one of them might have been a a novel or stage play. Uh, So that's pretty interesting, because this is the least diehard film of the diehard franchise in my opinion. McLean's phone ringtone, and I'm talking about John McLean. There might be some confusion because this film has John and Jack McLean, who is his son. Uh, But John McLean's phone ringtone is Ode to Joy, which was also used in the original Die Hard film, which is more of a Christmas film. Ode to Joy is very much used around Christmas, and it is a common part of a symphony by, I believe it's by Beethoven, that we hear around Christmas time. So they reuse that, although this film is very clearly not a Christmas film. But they do reuse 
some themes from previous films. There is a Russian gang in this film that stands as the antagonists. And surprisingly, this Russian gang has no Russian actors. I was reading where the actors are from. I believe they are from like Slovakia. And I think there was a Hungarian actor. Uh, and there's a couple more. But none of them are technically from Russia. So that's an interesting fact. Again, this is the shortest film in the franchise, clocking in at about an hour, I think it was an hour and 37 minutes. And I watched the extended cut, which I believe was an hour and 41 minutes. I think all of the previous films are over two hours long. And they feel long, but they are much more entertaining than this film. So we're going to talk about that. This was the first Die Hard film released in IMAX. That's an interesting fact. Back in 2013, uh, the film before that was in 2007, so I'm not sure how prevalent IMAX was at the time. I think it was around, but it was a somewhat newer format for filming and for uh, movie theaters in terms of the big IMAX screens. The original title for this film was Die Hard 24-7. So I do think they got a better title for this film before they released it. A Good Day to Die Hard, in my opinion, is not a bad title. But they had to change the title from Die Hard 24-7 because I didn't want it to be confused with the TV series 24. So that's a good call on their part. And I also just think Die Hard 24-7 is not a great title. Right now, that's all the facts I've got. If you want more facts, there's some more on IMDb. That's all I brought out and found interesting. Uh, but now we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about some titles that I have made for future Die Hard films that I hope can be used. So here we go. We went through five films. We went through the whole Die Hard franchise. If you want to hear any of the previous episodes uh you can listen back to all of the die hard films but they were titled die hard die hard 2 die harder and then we've got die hard with a vengeance we've got live free or die hard and then we've got a good day to die hard now i think die hard with a vengeance is the best title followed by live free or no followed by a good day to die hard is a good title for a bad film then live free or die hard then die hard then die hard to die harder die hard to die harder is a terrible name for a film in this franchise i mean it fits but i think it's just a boring name and it feels like they didn't try hard they might have gone for dying harder but they did not go for trying harder so I do have some possible sequel titles that I was thinking of. Uh, since we are on the season finale, I thought, why not throw these into the air? There might be more Die Hard films. I believe there they were talking about doing a film just called McLean, which I think is a horrible idea, because how are you going to release a film in the Die Hard franchise and not title it with the words Die Hard in it? That just breaks everything about the franchise. It seems like they're moving further and further away of the original aspects of this franchise. 
But without further ado, here are some possible sequel titles that I've got. I've got a crossover between James Bond and John McClane. You bring them together and you get Die Hard Another Day. I think that would be great. That would be really fun. That would bring people back into this franchise. It would bring James Bond lovers to the Die Hard series. It would be a harsher James Bond film, maybe. I mean, there's there's some pretty harsh James Bond films. But Die Hard Another Day. Let's think about that one. Then we've got Die Hard and Harderer, which is kind of like a, a dumb and dumberer. Or a dumb and dumber. Or a dumb and dumbest. I don't I've never seen any of those films. I don't really feel I need to. I think they've got a pretty good cult following. So maybe I'll watch them someday. But I don't feel the need to watch those because I think it's gonna be a little more slapstick comedy than I'm looking for. But a great title, Die Hard and Harderer. It's kind of like Die Harder. Or maybe Die Hard and Harder and Harderer and Hardest. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. And then I've got NYPD McLean, which sounds kind of more like a TV show, but if you're just going to title a film McLean, why not throw in NYPD McLean? I think that's a better title than just McLean. Uh, the next one I've got, it would be a little more of a family comedy, a little more family oriented than diehard films usually are, uh, but it would be Jack, John, Lucy and Holly, or Jack, Holly, Lucy, and John. I don't know. However you want to order it. Uh, that, that could be a fun film. Maybe more they're just out eating shawarma with the Avengers. Something like that. Something a little lighter than the usual Die Hard film. But if you're looking for a spinoff, there you go. I just, I just gave you a title for one. The last one I've got, and this is the most important to this franchise, in the last episode of this podcast, I talked with Steven and he brought to my attention that there should not have been diehard films without a Gruber. Now, if you don't know what a Gruber is, you should rewatch Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance. In Die Hard 2, which Steven also likes, and I don't think is a bad movie uh, necessarily. It's not the best of the franchise for sure. Uh, but in Die Hard 1, Die Hard 3, those are the only two films they have a Gruber. Now, Hans Gruber is the original villain in the Die Hard franchise, and they bring him back, kind of. Well, they bring his brother into the mix in Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I think that's what went wrong with Die Hard 2, is they didn't have the best villain, and it felt very long because I couldn't connect at all with the villain. Uh, Live Free or Die Hard, they didn't bring back Gruber at all. I don't know why they keep getting rid of this guy. Uh, or this name, but they did. And then in A Good Day to Die Hard, they didn't have a Gruber at all either. So if you want to bring the franchise back, you make Die Hard Gruber's Return, or Gruber's Revenge, or Gruber Gets Vengeance. I don't know. Something like that. Something like that, and that's how you bring the true Die Hard fans back into this franchise. You stop messing around with this A Good Day to Die Hard John Moore crap. And you go back to the roots with Gruber. Now let's talk about A Good Day to Die Hard. This story, where do I get started on this? This story 
is total garbage, in, in my opinion. It felt like the longest Die Hard film, and it is the shortest Die Hard film because the story holds absolutely no weight. The whole idea is John McClane is abroad trying to figure out what his son Jack is doing because he thinks Jack is doing bad things. Apparently, Holly, who's not even in this film, she's mentioned like once or twice. Apparently, she thinks he's on heroin or something. I don't know. Uh, but John is brought into this scene where his son is basically a spy. He doesn't know this at first. He thinks Jack is doing bad things, but he's actually a spy and trying to help the U.S., I guess. And that's kind of the whole script. And then his partner goes crazy and tries to steal this uranium. They're trying to steal a weapon. It's very much cliche. Uh, it's like a Mission Impossible film where they're trying to steal the rabbit's foot or something like that. But it's not well executed at all. And a big part of that is an awful script. They don't have much to work with here. And this franchise, it goes with one-liners pretty well usually. But in this film, nothing stood out to me. I can't remember a single line of this film. At the end of the film, or toward the end of the film, there's this supposed to be emotional scene, I think, between John and his son, Jack. But it it doesn't hit home. It didn't make me emotional. It felt cheesy. It felt like a soap opera. I don't know if they were trying to make a TV show out of this franchise or what, but it felt a lot like a soap opera, and I did not like it at all. It felt no emotional weight, like... Why should I give a shit about John McClane's son? I This movie does not explain that at all. There's no reason for me to care about John McClane's son. I care more about Bruce Willis's portrayal of this character. And his portrayal of this character is pretty boring in this film. He's not doing much. He's doing kind of what he usually does, but without any clever comebacks or any clever conversations with the villain. In the past films, he almost always talks face-to-face -face with the villain right away and encounters them and or, or talks to with them on the phone, not necessarily face-to-face. -face. Uh, but he talks with them right away. In this film, you don't really get that at all because you don't know who the villain is until pretty much the end, even though it's a really shitty reveal and you could probably see it coming from a mile away. There's this car chase written into the film as well. And I swear to you, it must have been the first 35 minutes of this film. That's a third of this film is a car chase at the beginning of the film. And I don't know why it's so long. It is boring. It's at least 20 plus minutes. So still almost a third of the film. It's boring. It's nothing new. I guess they just wanted to bank on Bruce Willis kicking butt. And he doesn't kick much butt in this film. So the car chase just feels boring. It's too quick to come into the film with this. There's one of the films I remember talking about. John McClane doesn't kill anyone until after an hour into this film or into that film that I talked about. I think it was maybe Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think it was Die Hard with a Vengeance. He doesn't kill anyone until after an hour. In this film, he's just out for blood for no reason, trying to figure out what his son's doing for no reason, who's trying to figure out what his partner's doing for no reason. There's no reason behind this film. There's also a lot of weird tension buildups, and you can tell this with the score. I think the 
the composer only had six weeks, which I guess is not that long. I don't know how long people typically write a film score, but the score is fine in itself. But they make these weird slow-mo tension buildups that do not work. There's too many of them for absolutely no reason. So that's most of the complaints I have about the story. We're going to take another break here, and we'll keep talking about this garbage film. I also thought the actual filming of this movie was poorly, poorly executed. And I don't know if this is a big direction issue or what, but John Moore, it's not filmed that well. There's a lot of weird zoom ins that make it feel like they're trying to reveal something. And it's kind of like a soap opera. Again, I, I just don't understand the tone of this film, I think. Because it feels like a cheesy blockbuster, but it also feels really cheap at the same time, where it doesn't grab my attention because the scale of it is not that great. They just use these weird filming techniques. The film starts off, I remember, in this like prison cell where this guy's going to interrogate this other guy, but the camera is very unlevel and shaky like all the time and it's extremely distracting it doesn't feel like it's adding anything to the film it's just a pretty awful opening and from the get-go i knew that i was not going to enjoy watching this film and watching the action because it feels very disorienting and not fun at all like nothing clicks with me there's a very dark color palette which is fine you can go for that but at the end of the film they brighten it up again And there's this weird like walk off into the sunset with Jack and John who somehow make amends, even though he was a really shitty son and a really shitty father. Uh, And it, it feels forced. There's no reason these two characters should get along so well at this point. Like, sure, they just fought a bunch of people, but there's still no logic behind most of what happened. So I don't understand this weird walk off into the sunset. The lighting... It distracts me from what I just watched, and it feels like it's going into a different movie. It's very Disney-esque. I don't think this film needed to be resolved like it did. In a lot of the other Die Hard films, it ends much more gruesome. Like, whether they're going in and shooting helicopters through this building with the villains or something like that, there's nothing Disney-fied about it. In this film, they just they go that route and it doesn't feel like a diehard film at all. There's a lot of awful slow-mo. We talked about some tension buildups, uh, but there's a slow-mo that just extends the film. I think this film, if you take out half of the car chase and you take out or you speed up the slow-mo in it, that is unnecessary. This film would probably only be about an hour long. It's got no story. It really doesn't. And they just use these filming techniques to extend this story and the script that is so lacking that it doesn't deserve to be made into a full film, let alone be called a diehard film. If anything, this is like a Mission Impossible B B movie. I don't know. Uh, Not good. It's just not good. There's these awful sound cuts. The score itself is fine. I think that whoever edited the score 
and put it in with the film is not fine. I think they did a pretty bad job. Am I being too harsh on this film? Have you seen this film? If you've seen this film and you like this film, let me know. I've looked at a lot of reviews and I'm not the only one that thinks this. There are a lot of people that think this is the worst film in the franchise. Actually, I think the, uh, the majority of people that like this franchise think this is the worst film in the franchise. Live Free or Die Hard was on a different level. I don't think that's a great film. It's not a bad film. This film's just a bad film, though. I, I remember one shot in this film, too, where I think they used way too much visual effect in it, and it didn't look real at all. But John and Jack jump out this window. If you've seen the film, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. But it looks like a really shitty Spider-Man jump. And they don't look real at all. Like, I don't know if they animated the characters or just added CGI to the characters, but it doesn't look like these are real people jumping out of a window. It's awful. So this leads me to some questions. Is Bruce Willis too old for this shit? Should there be another Die Hard film? I don't know. I don't want this franchise to end with this film. I think Bruce Willis is capable of making another good Die Hard film. But this film is not good, and I think they need to revive it, bring back another director that can that can handle this, I guess. Maybe Christopher McQuarrie, when he's done with his Mission Impossible films, should take over the helms of Die Hard and revive this franchise. That could be like 20 years from now, but we'll see. Uh, I had one other scene I wanted to talk about before I leave you guys with this podcast. And this scene is ridiculous. So John and Jack are walking into this building. There's like an elevator scene. And then they get into this building. And it's filled with chandeliers. And out of nowhere, these villains come out like they were hiding in broad daylight. It makes no sense, first of all. But the real thing that makes no sense is one of these villains is just carrying a carrot he comes out, and this carrot, he's eaten like half of it, and it's not even peeled. Who eats an unpeeled carrot? I don't understand. I don't know what they were going for. Um, one of my friends was telling me that in Shoot 'em Up, which I have not seen. I had never even heard of this film until he told me about it. But in Shoot 'em Up, there's an opening scene where I think Clive Owen stabs someone with a carrot. This is all going off what my friend told me. I haven't, uh, I haven't confirmed any of this yet but if you've seen shoot him up let me know he thinks it was a ripoff of that because clive owen stabbed someone with a carrot in this film i don't think the villain even stabs anyone with the carrot he's just eating this unpeeled carrot that he walks into the room with also who just goes around eating carrots like in the middle of buildings like i don't know if he brought this carrot from home I don't know if it's supposed to make him more menacing that he's eating an unpeeled carrot. I think that's kind of weird, but I just don't get it. I'd love to know more about the carrot decision. So if, you, if you've if you watched this film and also blatantly noticed the carrot, let me know. I'm curious to hear from you. What would I give this film? I'd give it a one and a half out of five. That is very low. It might be my lowest 
of this whole pad- podcast so far. I think there might have been one film maybe in the spooktacular that I gave something that low. But it's been a long time. I think even Mission Impossible 2, which I talked smack about, I think I gave that even at least a two stars. I'll have to go back and look. But this film is a one and a half because it holds no weight in this franchise. I don't think it should have been made. I think that after, let's see, it would have been six years. Within six years, you can make a way better script than the one they released. It's a shame. It's truly a shame. I look forward to seeing if they can revive this franchise before Bruce Willis retires. I saw Glass. He was fine in that. So if he could just do that and maybe talk more smack in the next Die Hard film, I'm on board. I'll watch it. I paid $4.30 to watch this one. I'll watch whatever the next one is. Speaking of next... I am going to be taking a week off the podcast, I think, but I might release a bonus episode next week. And I don't know what filmography we're going to do next, but if you have some ideas, shoot me an email. I'll reply to your emails. Also reply to any social media. I'm curious where you're listening from, what franchises or filmographies you want to hear next. We're due to do a filmography next. I have some ideas, maybe Alfonso Cuaron, maybe Guillermo del Toro, maybe Christopher Nolan. We'll see how we're feeling. See how we're feeling about a week from now. Next week, I'll try and release a bonus episode of just some updates. Maybe I'll even have decided on a director to choose by then. But again, if you have ideas, send them over. I'm pretty open right now to any directors. I'm hoping not to do someone like Martin Scorsese that has like a hundred films. I'm looking for somewhere in the five to 10 film range. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed season five. Oh, one more thing. I looked at my listenership and we are at 995 listeners. So we're about to hit a thousand listeners for this podcast. I thought it would come sooner, but I think that after releasing this episode, we're going to hit that 1000 mark, which is pretty cool. I'm happy that you've stuck along the ride with me. If you're a consistent listener, if you're just joining us for the first time, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little angstier than I usually am. Uh, although I am pretty angsty most of the time. Uh, But I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you'll stick with me listening further on. If you want to be a guest, you can let me know. I'm pretty open to the format of this podcast right now. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week.